Hello, everybody. Welcome to this very special episode of the Exposure Compensation Podcast. I am uh, Kemper. I am Toby. And we also have our obligatory Sony fanboy uh, joining us for today's announcement. I definitely wouldn't contradict myself by maybe saying I want this camera instead of switching to Canon, like I said multiple times in other uh, videos and podcasts. Yeah, I <laughs> My mean name that. is not Brandon Wooler either. <laughs> <laughs> I, suppose, All right. I believe that uh, Sony announced the new A1. In. Right. Well, before we get to the news, um, I just wanted to um, invite everybody who is um, watching this to um, go ahead and like this video and subscribe. Um, it really does help our channel. We're, we're a growing channel. We're a baby channel that is growing. So um, if you could go ahead and, and hit that like button and subscribe, that'd be great. And then uh, also make sure to check out some of our other content that we, that we put out. I just posted a somewhat in-depth review of the Canon's RF 7200. Uh, how did you think that turned out, Toby? thought it was really interesting, especially the fact that you loved it, but you're selling it. To me. I know, I know. It's, a, it's tragic. It, it is tragic, but... I think it's going to be very interesting to you guys what I'm actually going to do um, with the, the funds from selling it because I don't think it's what anybody expects. Really, really uh, what does Brandon think you're going to do? Yeah, what do, you, what do you think I'm going to do, Brandon? Oh, oh boy. Um, <laughs> probably 100 to 500 being your telephoto, kind of taking the place of the 70 to 200 would be my guess. Because, right, right. Um, the Brandon didn't watch the I'm video. Guessing. It's now becoming obvious. <laughs> Wait, what? I, yeah. I watched the first part and then I got distracted. Uh-huh. It happens. Uh-huh. It happens. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, probably 100 to 500, I guess, would replace 70 to 200. 70 to 200 at 2.8 is cool for portraits and stuff, but I'm guessing you're not in super need of low light with uh, your telephoto right. for most of your mountain landscape stuff. Right. Um. I mean, I could see you doing something like the 8512 or the 512 as a kind of low light in middle telephoto range, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I kind of doubt it. But, you know, 70 to or uh, 24 to 105. And then uh, I know you love that 15 to 35. So I'm guessing you're keeping that. So, yes, keeping the 15 to 35. Yep. Well, I guess we'll all find out soon enough. Indeed. So, all right. Well, we better jump into this huge news. This, uh, um, what does Sony Alpha Rumors call it? A uh, monster or a beast is the... Um, uh, I think they call it a $6,500 beast. Oh, um, yeah. Ooh, spoiler alert. Oof, Sony has entered new territory with its... Uh, most so, expensive camera ever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sony A1 officially announced 50 megapixel 8K monster. With uh, uh, some other... Really nice specs for wildlife photographers. Right. That's definitely the target, I would say. Right. This is a wildlife photographer's dream camera. Let's just, like, it just is. 50 megapixels at the crazy autofocus, 30 frames per second, bird eye autofocus, I think they mentioned, which is, like, I know that a lot of the animal IF has been usable in birds, but to have it actually be programmed for birds is, it's, uh, you know, possibly game-changing for that. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people are also uh, Sony's autofocus had a huge problem with cats. And uh, there's a there's a petition a bunch of people signed, I think like thousands and thousands of people signed to get the cat eye autofocus working. So we'll have to see if they fix <laughs> that's, that. That's hilarious. So, all right, let me just actually, before we get too into it, because we have this habit of just getting excited and not actually breaking down 
the baseline stats. The Sony A1 is a 50.1 megapixel full frame um, Exmor RBSI CMOS sensor. <laughs> it's got a Bions XR image processor, which I think they mentioned is brand new. It's supposed um, to be like eight times faster. Right. Yeah. yeah. Up to 30 frames per second shooting, which, wow, that's, that's crazy. 30 frames per second. Like, who knew that that was going to be a thing? Like, <laughs> especially at 50 megapixels. Right. Yeah. 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 No joke. You know Straight what? nuts. Sony was just like, you know what is too slow? Something that that R5 has. Canon just 20, 20 frames per second unusable like how are you even supposed to do sports photography with that <laughs> yikes Oof-da. um 9.44 million dot evf i think that's the same as the the s3 although the um 240 frames per second refresh rate i think is faster than the, the s3's wonder what that EVF. means for its battery life well it has a new battery i just now saw that it's, it's a different battery oh, i think yeah, the battery i think yeah, which and it's the battery life prediction um, isn't that great. Um, so that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously, um, these cameras always perform better with battery life than what they say. It's a they mm-hmm. under under um, sell over deliver on that. Um, it's got a seven hundred fifty nine point fast hybrid AF, nearly the entire space of the sensor. I think they said it was 92%. So that's crazy. Five axis steady shot, of course. Um, Dual drive mechanical shutter with one four hundredth of a second sync, which is that's really cool that it it does faster flash sync. So um, I think in the video they were saying that it's like the first time in 40 years or something that they've upgraded that type of uh, shutter speed and flash sync, whatever I'm trying to say. Right. I'm I, I'm I'm guessing that's true. You know, they always they always find a way to frame that where it sounds better than it is. But that may yeah. be true. Like Apple's five times faster. Right, as opposed to, um, okay, five gigahertz Wi-Fi with uh, one thousand base T Ethernet and dual CF Express Type A SD combo slots, just like the S3. Um, notably missing um, is the flip screen from the S3. Um, it has, it looks like the body is identical except for the new battery, which like, I'm trying to find for sure that it's the new battery It's all this information. So new, but I think I saw that it is a different battery. It's it, it may be like be, a higher the, capacity, but still, um, same size, same form factor. Same form factor. Yeah. They oh. do do that a lot nowadays. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh. But, but it, I think they called it the Z battery. So I don't remember what the one that I have right now is called. It's a Z, Z battery. battery. It's a Z battery. Oh, okay. Well, maybe so I'm I... totally off on that then. Maybe they just call, had a different part number or something. Um, and that's it's probably the same form factor because this, this body design is unchanged except for the EVF from the A92. So... Yeah. Well, and they put a one under the A instead of a... Never mind. Just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> and then Oof-da. and then a huge then the huge difference also is um that it's sixty five hundred dollars, which means that it's the same price as the um one D series by Canon and the It's five hundred more, I think, than D6 the one D series from Canon. No, they're sixty five. No, no, they're sixty five. Sixty five now. Mm-hmm. They okay. are, yeah. So there you go. man, this camera is 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 kind of incredible. 
like all oh, of this new tech. I don't know. Sorry, I was just looking at the um, a comparison of the A92 and the A1. And I don't know what this is, but there's a little like on the front of the body, there's a little like, uh, it looks like a flash type thing. It's not a flash, but some sort of sensor. And that's new on the body. So I don't know what that has to do with anything. Oh but... yeah, I see that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. They didn't uh, they didn't mention that in the in the uh, press release. And no, there may be that? some small body differences. I sure was looking at the pictures, and um, we have the cool red ring record button though. I mean it, that that's cool looking. Yeah, for sure. Uh, borrowed from the uh... the ZV one. Indeed. It looks like the card slot has a new latch thing. Which that's cool. That oh, means yeah. it's, that probably is a sign that this is probably more weather sealed. That's true. That's, a big question is going to be how weather sealed it is because Sony's cameras have. They say it's super weather sealed in the press release, but um, again, they don't like. Like uh, kudos to Nikon. They're the only camera company that actually shows how they weather seal their mm-hmm. stuff. Um, both Canon and Sony, they just say that it is, and then you kind of hope mm-hmm. that it is. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it looks, um, they did not go gripped. What do you guys think about that, that they did this new, this new series, then they, they did not go gripped? Well, um, I think that from a practical perspective, I think I would rather have a non-gripped camera. Partially, like this sounds silly and very specific, but I like carrying my camera on the capture clip. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would mm-hmm. get off balance if there was a grip on the camera. Um, yeah, I want it to be as close to me as possible, but I actually think that even though personally, um, I would maybe like the smaller design, I think that it looks bad to have your pro $6,500 camera, not have that giant luxurious camera body. That's looks like it's built to be used all day, every day of the week. Right. I mean, um, there are some, there are some actual practical drawbacks too. um, like the the dual batteries going into a, a battery grip that you attach, it's still not as efficient and powerful as a as the battery that's like in the one DX. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. battery goes and goes and goes and goes, and the and the D six the same way. It goes and goes and goes and goes. Mm-hmm. Um, thousands and thousands of shots per charge. So that's a huge practical issue um, that I can see. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think Sony probably had to deal with. I mean, one, this is a little bit of a new era. Mirrorless has not been, like, it's not like there are other, uh, you know, gripped mirrorless bodies. So Sony's kind of doing the first flagship non, or flagship mirrorless body, I guess, maybe. This might be, I don't know, I guess after seeing this, I don't know if the A9 even is considered, like, a comparable flagship body. But I could see 50% of people being very pro-gripped and 50% of people being like, I mean, I don't know if I want that. It makes it heavy and clunky, kind of like Toby was saying. Right, and I just I I could see Sony either just being like that makes it more expensive for us, even if they're charging the same, and we don't know if everybody's going to want that. So why right. would we? Why would well, we waste them? I think the it? battery is a huge deal, and then the heat sink too. Oh um, no! I I mean I can't believe they figured out how to put the you know eight K, uh, thirty minute record limit um, in this camera without it overheating. So I mean I guess we'll see if that's a hundred percent true, but. I think that there's also with the gripped cameras, there's a little bit of uh, like just the way the 1DX and the D6 look 
like you can see them from across a room and know yes. what they are. Yes. Even though you can put battery grips on other cameras, like when you see a, a 1DX or you see a D6, you really like notice it. You're like, whoa, that dude's serious. And yeah, with this no camera, it could be, I mean, it honestly, it doesn't look that different from a a seven three. I mean, it, it's right. It's fairly similar. Untrained eye. Um, this is the same as the a seven three. And I think that oh. from being hired for really expensive jobs and stuff, there is a chance that like you're going to want that grip on there anyway, just to uh, comfort your client a little right. bit. I mean, right. I, I realize that that's it depends on who you are and what you're doing. But I think that when you spend sixty five hundred dollars on a camera, um, there's an an element of just kind of wanting them to throw the kitchen sink at it. You're not buying it to uh, keep it small and light and not use it really, really hard. You're buying it to use it every day. And I've oh. always had questions about how Sony's handle to begin with. Um, never been my absolute favorite. Right, so, I'm the same way. Um, I know that for Brandon, uh, that's a little different though. Yeah, I have, I have small hands though. So I think that's a little bit of a... I don't know. I don't know what, what you'd call that benefit or yeah, it just works for it. me. It's yeah. But I guess to play devil's advocate is I totally understand what you're saying, Toby, like to make the, your customers feel like they're actually getting like if not only like, it, I guess it doesn't matter the quality, but like to give them the confidence that this is like a professional camera, but at the same time, you can still put a grip on it. Like, I don't think you're, you know, your clients are really going to understand the difference between a grip that's built in and a grip that's just, you know, added. So that's my first point. Second mm -hmm. point is, um, you know, traditionally these flagship cameras are used in a lot of yeah, photojournalism, stuff like that. So you might want it to be more discreet. Like you don't want to be carrying around this big clunky looking camera because people will know exactly what's happening. So the discreteness in some circumstances might be preferable and that's mm -hmm. only playing on top of the silent shooting at this point too. So um, I guess I just see a couple reasons why, you know, maybe you don't want it to be giant and you don't want it to be flashy. It's like, you really want to be driving a Ferrari into somewhere that's like, you know, maybe not as safe. You right. know, why would you want to bring your $6,500 camera to somewhere that, you right. know, I even just, if it's not... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I just, um, I, I'm fairly certain that, that Canon and Nikon's version of this will be gripped. Um, the be rumors are strong. I mean, they, I guess there's a chance they won't be, but the, the, the rumors are strong that they will be gripped. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that perception, because like they'll all be probably the same price. They'll probably be $6,500. Mm -hmm. yeah. And part of the, like when you've shelled out for a 1DX before now, a big chunk of what you're shelling out for is that those those pro ergonomics of a pro body and some of those pro features. And now you you know you're selling you're shelling out, you're not getting the 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 pro ergonomics the same way. You're not getting the pro battery. You're not getting the pro battery I mean, life either. It's yet to be seen how good the battery is on this camera. Maybe with the battery grip and both batteries in there, it's really great. But right, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, refresh rate is something that does tend to drain batteries pretty quick, though. So, yes, high yeah. refresh rate, um, and well, and then 8K, and there's lots going on in this camera. It's powerful. It's powering a all new processor that's certainly going to be. 
Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't actually gotten into the video specs on this. Yeah, I mean, yet. maybe we should jump into the video spe um, specs. Oh, so sorry. this is the second borderline consumer. It, it really isn't a consumer camera anymore, I don't feel like. Um, right. But it's it's the second cons uh, uh, sub $10,000 camera to shoot 8K video. Uh, and it also shoots 4K 120p. Uh, for a camera this price, the 4K120 is required. It's nice to see Sony has uh, an 8K option now. Um, yeah. And it's actually going to be um, uh, 8.6K, I believe, is what I saw the total resolution on that. Well, so. it's downsampled from 8.6. Yeah, downsampled. downsampled. And I actually from think it's only downsampled from 8.6 to the 4K. So. Oh, okay. Oh, well, gotcha. that's actually okay. a semi-big deal, though, yeah. because the the R5's HQ, 4K HQ, is the 8K downsampled to 4K, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see, first of all, if the A9 overheats in that mode, because the R5 really struggled with overheating, and of course, there's big questions about that with all of these record modes, including 4K 120. Yeah. Right. Is it really going to handle it? A lot of people oh. probably are going to say, well, obviously, but... I don't think it's obvious. I, yeah, Gray. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's interesting for sure because they didn't put... Or at least they didn't say they put... Uh, you know, Canon has two different 4K modes. They did not seem to put two different... You know, a light 4K... Like a 4K line skipped in the R5. And then they higher... I forget. What was the other one? The HQ? Yeah, 4K, 4K yeah. HQ. 4K yeah. HQ. Um, so it's interesting that they didn't announce something like that. I guess maybe they wouldn't want to because it does kind of hint at that. But they also, I don't know, uh, what is, how is, I guess my question is, I'm not as up to date with Canon, but I saw that the 4K uh, 120, which I'm guessing is just all their 4K modes up to 120, mm -hmm. is 10-bit uh, 422, which seems pretty impressive as far as a video spec goes, although it should be. And it's downsampled from 8.6k which seems like you know that's cutting in half that should be that should be crazy especially for low light and color depth so i don't know what are your guys thoughts on that or how does that compare to the r5 at this point which we shouldn't be comparing it to but you know well oh. i think we should be comparing it to it because the r5 is a uh not quite half the price yeah a little over option, half the price, camera, half offering, the price option. camera option that sports nearly identical specs um, and granted, I don't want to, before I, I say what I'm about to say, which is if it overheats very much at all, uh, the, it's hard not to have the R5 make more sense. Um, oh, yeah. but they absolutely should have put every spec they put into this camera that they did. So they should have put 8k in it for that price point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you're spending this much money, you need to get 8k. You need to get 10 bit 4k up to 120p. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, if Canon and Nikon release similar cameras this year, which is something we've already theorized about. I mean, we basically called this camera a couple months ago at this point. Right, yes. Uh, we thought it was going to be the A9 III, though, um, not the uh, A1. And, uh, yeah, I think it just comes down to does it overheat? And if it doesn't overheat, then it could be worth that extra that extra money for a lot of people. Right. But uh, we're talking I mean, about I a guess smaller it, camera uh, body. We're talking about a smaller camera body than the R5, a slightly smaller. It's about the same. Mm -hmm. And the the question is 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 what are you doing? Are you are you cutting corners with the processing to lighten up the processing? Are the file sizes big? 
are you just a step ahead of Canon and you produced something that can some magic voodoo, some magic voodoo with this new processor that just handles it. Great. Like those questions aren't, aren't, we're not going to get them answered until actual reviewers get their hands on the camera. And that's going to change right. the narrative. Right. Is it an R5 killer? Well, it really can't be because of the price. Because of the price, yeah. Um, is it a camera that kind of dethrones the R5? That would be huge for um, Canon, but be well, for Sony, sorry. Well, it does dethrone it, but it does so at a much higher price point. Like, Yeah, I mean, there's you have to think of it in two ways. It is dethroning, or at least theoretically at this point. I don't think we can make complete judgments quite yet. But, um, you know, it is better theoretically in most ways like just small well, amounts there is one thing that i'm scanning here i've been scanning here for it for a minute here i do not see any mention of s log there is i uh, did i did, did see it S-log? they do have s log three yes okay, and, well, and hlg deal. yeah okay great um i do whether well, canon does still have one video feature that this does not and that's the flip screen and mm-hmm. that uh, there are going to be a lot of people who will be like well that confirms canon for me or staying with the S3, again, the S3 is um, $2,000, like $3,000 less expensive. $3,000 cheaper, has the flip screen, has all the video features except for 8K. And like we can, I mean, the still, the same argument applies. What are you using 8K for mm-hmm. other than, I guess, for cropping? Yeah, the same um, critique. But know, the same critique. On the R5. Right? Well, and then we, you know, we've been using the R5 now for seven months. And uh, had used the AK three times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it does look beautiful. Oh, yeah, the, I mean, it's gorgeous. The 4K HQ is, uh, you get a lot of the advantages of 8K with right. 4K HQ without having to deal with a lot of the drama of shooting in 8K. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Um, the other thing that the R5 has is internal raw recording. I don't see I did not anything see any about of internal that, yeah. raw. We do have external raw recording uh, to something like the Ninja f- uh, 5 or something like that. Right. Just right. like Super the cool. S3. Um, and oh. in some ways that's more practical cause you can slap mm-hmm. on a two terabyte, um, SSD, SSD right. you get the advantage of an extra monitor. I mean, uh, for a lot of people, that's going to be the workflow that they choose, but you already get that with a camera that's $3,000 cheaper. Um, so if you're a videographer looking at this camera, I think that there's some, you kind of have to wait I, and see if it makes sense. Oh, boy, it, I, I just have a, I mean, I have a hard time feeling like. Like if you're a professional videographer making money off of gigs, that this is your, the S3 is just makes so much more sense yeah, in a practical two, sense. Or two S3s. Or like two S, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could get two <laughs> S3s or an S3 and, and you know, several G Master R4 lenses. or something. Right, yeah. exactly. An S3 and an R4, yeah, you could do that, yeah. literally. So if you're a videographer, I mean, unless 8K is something that you're like, wow, I can, now I can do this project and this project and this project. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing as the R5. I mean, it's it's cool, but it's still a glorified parlor trick at this point. Yeah, but still. I mean, we were kudos no, to Sony for implementing these. Go ahead, Brandon. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, we were kind of saying that about 4K two years ago or something like that. We we're just like, yeah, 4K is just a you know, something you slap on the box to try to sell the camera, and then now you know 4K is like we all just crave 4K. Like 4K is the standard in a way. Right. Well, YouTube's a big reason for that is because YouTube supports 4K and mm-hmm. a lot of TV support 4K and 8K. 
like technically there's probably TVs out there that do or whatever. It's, it's a completely different world of perceivable um, pixels. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Whereas 4k to one, 1080 to 4k is perceivable to the human eye. 4k to 8k is a lot harder to perceive. Mm-hmm. And it's also, um, I think that just, for the past, like, I think it's been a little more like probably four or five years since it's been like 4K is just a parlor trick. Well, that's fair. I just, um, I have no sense of time. <laughs> uh, right, right. I, but the thing of it is, is we use 1080 a lot. We do. We use 1080 a ton. And uh, we're filming this in 1080, by the way. Like so. people like Daniel <laughs> Schiffer on YouTube, he uses 1080 all the time. He still uses 1080 because now he has the S3 and it uses, it has 240 frames per second in 1080. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like you, I'm, when you see 8.6K or when you see a camera that shoots 8K, what I always want to do is, is I want to kind of, you know, I want to make sure that you're asking the question, why would I spend money to get a camera that specifically shoots 8K? And you have croppability, you have something, maybe you're wanting to do archival footage of something, so you just want the highest quality humanly possible. Mm, um, very good point. There absolutely are reasons. You're wanting to do some specific graphical thing where you're zooming around an image a lot. And then oh, yeah. you have to ask yourself, can I do that with an R5? because it saves me a bunch of money or, you know, if you're really into the Sony system, then, then do I just want to cough up for, for this camera? Does it make sense for that? And, uh, you know, that's really what it comes down to. Can you use 8k? Don't get like, I have to have 8k because 8k is not like 4k as far as importance to have in your system. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it has, it's like, it's a tool, right? He's like, he's kind of, we're saying it's a tool in your toolbox, but it's not the the base of your infrastructure. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it will be for um, possibly ever. Um, Mm -hmm. Certainly in the age of where most media is consumed on smartphones and tablets, that still is like, that's the way most of YouTube is consumed. Mm -hmm. So like every time we're shooting in 8K, you know, we have to keep in mind like, wow, most people are going to be watching this on their cell phone. You know, lying yeah. in bed. Um, <laughs> I think um, we should probably talk a little bit, though, about you know, like what actually makes this camera sixty five hundred dollars, which is the speed, mm-hmm. um, and like how much of a wildlife beast this thing is. Yeah, best um, now, wildlife camera yeah, ever released. I would assume that the new Canon and Nikon will probably be similar. I don't know that they'll be thirty frames per second, but they'll have similar. I, I bird eye autofocus and all that. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah. The 30 frames per second. I'm, I'm legit going to be curious. Like I, there's several wildlife photographers who I follow pretty religiously on YouTube just because I mean, wildlife is one step away from landscape photography in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. And, and of course I'm curious about it. Um, right now my heart's still kind of in landscape and, and like my investment, my gear investment is landscape oriented, but mm-hmm. I can see down the road being very interested in, in trying to do um, wildlife photography. I'm I'm more partial to big mammals than birds, mm-hmm. um, like bears, wolves, um, caribou, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah. um, buffalo, buffalo, yeah, buffalo for sure, bison. Um, but I will be really curious. Like, will this thirty frames per second? Will they be like, wow, this is a whole new world, or will they be like? Like, well, I just took a huge video clip. And I guess you could, like, and you think about it in a weird way. You can shoot raw video internal in this in stills mode. Yeah, and I'm wondering if maybe they 
have some sort of raw feature. It almost, you like, almost have to you think could, they would. I mean, at well, 24 frames a second, you could take, like, and who knows how long the buffer is. I never saw anything about the buffer. Yeah, um, they didn't make a deal about it at all, I don't think. So I'm going to assume, though, that it's at least similar to the A91. It may not be quite as good as the A92, but I'm guessing it's similar to the A91 at 50 megapixels. Mm-hmm. Um, like, eventually, they're, they're just reaching the limits of what is capable on data mm-hmm. transfer. Well, what's the uh, buffer on your R5? Did Like, if oh, you were to just hold it down. Long. Because I've ne- I mean, the few times that I've used the 20 frames a second, um, like, I never re- butt, up it against, butt up against it. Um, yeah, because I just, I'm thinking, because it looks like the processors have similar amounts of power. And then, of course, the Sony has uh, the kind of two processors because there's the one on the back of the sensor. Right. And right, then there's right. the... Uh, I forget the name, the bronze, whatever. Bions, Bions, X, or something. Uh, it uh, looks sorry. like the, uh, while you guys are looking that up, the R5's buffer is um, seven seconds at 20 frames per second uh, to the CF Express card. That seems oh, okay. right. Well, and I, I, I didn't shoot for seven seconds what I was shooting, so. Mm-hmm. It's like holding it, that's a lot of, that's 140 photos or something like that. Yeah, that's oh, a lot yeah. of images. That's a lot of images, yeah. Um, like I've had shoots that I don't take that many so, photos. I mean, I mean, all of this, it's so fascinating. It just goes to show how slightly ahead of its time the R5 was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, like, obviously this camera, Sony's been developing now probably for three, four years. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe well, even since before yeah. the original A9. Mm-hmm. And they probably, it probably was kind of a blow to them to see the Canon release the R5 and have 80%, 85% of the features. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be. I think actually, this camera may somewhat live and die on the buffer, what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah because it may. that's going to well, be one of the huge reasons to to put up extra money because the R five has great autofocus, right? Um, and all the overheating problems are in stills motor irrelevant. Mode. Yeah. Um. So, I think how useful be... is the thirty frames per second? And depends on who you are. Depends on who you are. How useful is it? Right. And then how long's the buffer? Because what if they got? I mean, I, I would think they'd make a big deal about it if they did. But what if they got an li- unlimited buffer in this thing? I mean, that's crazy. They would have said that. They I feel would've. like they would have. And honestly, it being absent, well, and also, um, one little thing that I'm a little interested in is that Sony went a very different strategy with this one. It's coming out in March, right? March release. Mm-hmm. But the bajillion YouTubers did not have this ahead of time. I happen to know that because two of the biggest, uh, Jared Pollan and Tony Northrup, were both like making made videos predicting what was Sony was going to announce. Like it's they do not have it in house. Mm-hmm. Like unless I mean, they I were really pulling the wolves over their eyes, which they I don't think they did. Yeah, so, I mean, let's just look it up because usually they come out like right after. Right, yeah, no joke. But, well, Tony I Northrup, mean, he thought it was going to be the curved sensor, uh, the curved sensor um, RX camera. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm not seeing any hands-on. I mean, like, if I were Sony, would I really want to give him a camera for him to, you know, talk well, about Well, that's what I'm weird, saying. That's what makes weird. me wonder if there is, if the buffer or something oh, is, is a little bit of the... Uh, um, is a little bit of an of an issue because that would be, th- 
they, I mean, even if it's, there's something they're working out the kinks on, like Tony Northrup has it and the buffer's not good. He's going to, that's what his video is going to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, it's going to be then a I huge deal. Other... Nope. Sorry. I, I wish I could, I'm sorting through the stats here while we're still on to try to find where it talks about the buffer somewhere. Well, I guess the only thing about the buffer though, is if it can do the 8k raw or not 8k raw, sorry, if it can do the 8k, even without raw for 30 minutes without overheating or filling the buffer, I have to feel like it could do a decent amount with photos. So, I mean, and and that's all contingent on if Sony actually is being a hundred percent truthful and straightforward with their 30 minute record limit for 8k. But I don't know. That also leads me to another question um, that I kind of just thought about. Do you think the 8k is not raw in camera? Um, although they could have done two modes, I guess, but just for usability sake, like, you know, just using HLG, um, instead of raw, like you, if you're getting something similar, it's a lot more usable. Like you can just throw it into premiere then and not have to think about it as much, not have to do as much color grading and whatnot. So do you think that's my feeling was that if they could, or they would have, that's kind of my, my thought, especially at a $6,500 price point. That's the, if they could, or they would have. And Sony has their codecs are, are um, interesting to say the least with Mm -hmm. how they do compression and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, Although it is XAVC, which may not matter very much to a lot of people. They hear XAVC and they're like, what does on earth, what on earth does that mean? Uh, It actually records with their professional level codecs that are in their, uh, their pro bodies. That's actually a big deal because uh, everything Wait, else is XSAVC, have... I think is what it is. Oh. Okay. Um, and I don't know for sure. I think HS is basically long gop, but I might be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. And then SI is intraframe. So you can shoot intraframe and um, long gop, which I won't get into the the little details there, but we are talking about much higher bit rates here for the video. I'm, I'm actually glad I found this page here because uh, yeah. it has things to break down here. Um, it can shoot raw externally up to 60 frames per second, which is cool. That's cool. Raw 60 um, feet is great. Of, in 4K, Wait, of course. Wait, in 8K or? 4K, oh, 4K, 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 okay. 4K, yeah. Um, oh, that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it's a video beast. Actually, the fact that it has those professional codecs is is a big deal for Ooh, Sony shooters. and it's got the S-Cinetone color matrix as seen on the FX9 and FX6. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Now, that's yeah. also on the S3, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. I actually don't know off the top oh, of my okay. head. Okay. Um, then, I uh, think it Another question that. is, uh, Toby, did you see if it's going to have the uh, Venice colors, or is it? No, it doesn't look like the Venice it looks like the same oh. as the FX9 and FX6. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, but not, I'm not the same as, as the Venice. With those specs, so. Yeah, for sure. But, um, uh, oh, this may have the buffer, actually. Oh, did you find it? now have the buffer. So uh, in JPEG, at 30 frames per second, uh, can do up to 155 frames. And in RAW, it can do, excuse me, I said that backwards. In RAW, it can do 155 frames um, at 30 frames per second. And in JPEG, it can do 165. At 20 frames per second, it can do 
238 frames in RAW and 400 frames in oh. JPEG. Well, that's great. The the 30 frames per second so is is 155 frames in RAW. So yeah, so I don't know how many seconds that is. We could do the math, but it's not too far off from the R5. Slightly better. It's you're going to run out of well, time faster. In 30 frames, it's 30 frames. Right, you are going to run out of time frames faster. Yeah, second, it doubles it. Yeah, but it's it's got a bigger buffer than the R5 because it, it can shoot uh, like a hundred extra frames or fifty extra frames. Well, anyway. it better for <laughs> I suppose twenty five hundred dollars so. more. Uh, and then its mechanical so, shutter is ten frames per second. Okay, wow. With well, no limit. Yeah, it looks like. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, I just did the math, and that means you can shoot thirty frames per second for a little over five seconds. So, cool. I mean, that's probably enough, to be honest with you. So do you guys ever have any last last second thoughts? Because we are almost out of time for today. If you're looking at this camera and you shoot Canon and Nikon, uh, wait a a few months. Yes, that is really good thought. Yeah, if you're a Canon and Nikon shooter, wait a few months. Um, Don't switch because of this camera. I I really, I pretty strongly think that that's the truth. I bet Nikon will have the worst of the three, but it'll be awesome. It'll still be awesome. Um, and the it's uh, Nikon, so it has to be. <laughs> the uh, and the the R one, which may be the name. I mean, let's just pencil that in as a potential name. Z one R one and A one, which Ooh. is just. Ooh. I kind of like I it. Mean, I kind of like it. It's it's very possible. Um, uh, I bet Canon may come out with something very very similar. I mean, yes, it's probably going to be nearly to the spec the same. Yeah. Um with like little tiny hair splitting differences. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how long Canon and Nikon let Sony just hold this position. It'll be interesting to see. Well, I think Canon's in a better, well, I mean, I guess you can argue, but Canon's in a better position than Nikon because the R5, like I said, is 85% mm-hmm. of, of this camera for a lot less. So like, I don't think um, Canon's freaking out at this mm. point. Um, Indeed. Do you have thoughts, well, Brandon? With such a weird dichotomy. I mean, oh yeah, I was just gonna say I have two things. I guess it's a weird dichotomy for Canon to have. Like, we don't know what Sony's comparable R five is gonna be, and we don't know what Canon's comparable, like I guess R one's gonna be. So it's just kind of a weird space too, because it's like, oh, color camera that's you know very similar. Some differences, maybe not quite as good in some ways, but still really close. Mm-hmm. to the flagship of sony yet sony also has the flagship and canon doesn't so it's kind of a weird like just i don't know it just feels awkward to me like kind of weird like we've never been in this scenario like in our lifetimes where there's been like these <clears throat> this is the first time a mirrorless flagship cameras come out and it's the first time that not all three plus companies have had something out in similar time so mm-hmm. that's kind of weird to me and then I guess lastly, uh, I'll be thinking very heavily over the next like week or so about whether or not I'm going to pre-order this camera. Oh, cool. We may have I'm very to... tempted and I've kind of been saving up for a new one. Yeah. We may have to oh, follow sorry, up go, with go, you on that go ahead, right. next week, maybe. Right. right. Well, and also I think like yeah, I mean, uh, this opens up the A7R5 to being very important because I think that has to be their 80% camera. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I guess... Uh, you know, let me know in the comments, you guys, if you want to give input on whether or not you think I should or shouldn't get it. It'd be upgrading from the A7R3, and I mainly do portrait and video work. 
with some landscape, obviously, with the summit bit and Toby and Kemper. So cool. Yeah, that's my All final right. thoughts. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you liked it, uh, please subscribe. Please like. Um, follow us on iTunes if you're an audio-only listener. And uh, we'll see you on the next adventure.